Hello, baby. Bing bong, the witch is alive. Shit, I guess we gotta tell the munchkins then. This is like really bad news for them. Yeah, bad. bad what about the bad news bears? They're a baseball team. It's they don't have to worry about witches. There's no magic in baseball. So it's I one was. Of the rules. Oh, obviously. I mean, unless yeah. you're in the magical baseball emporium. Where's that? Hogsmeade. Oh shit! Okay, well, yeah, I didn't know that they played baseball across the pond, but I well, guess in I... Harry Potter land, it's yeah. so topsy turvy over there that they're like, "Oh, footy? No, that's a Muggle sport. We play baseball." Yeah, it's ironic like... that the rule is that there's no magic in baseball because baseball, as we know, was invented by wizards. <laughs> Wizard Kelly. It was Wizard Kelly, and he said, "Okay, well, this is the one." This is when we show off our non-magical prowess, and somehow Muggles picked it up. This is all uh, canon, according to J.K. Rowling. She just tweeted this. Yeah, she's been saying, I, I hate uh, transgender people. And also, by the way, did you know that uh, did wizards, wizards invented, invented baseball? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Surf and turf, apparently. Yeah. Um, and then she said that the baseball players all just shit themselves and magic away the poo-poo. Yeah, well, they... Uh, I see. The thing is, you know, I mean, I know this is a Mezzer podcast, but you know, I mean, eventually we're gonna have to start dealing with our thoughts on fandom because eventually we are gonna have to start dealing with this, guys. Eventually, we've yeah. Been, we've been putting off. But so she says that she vanish, like you vanish away, the poop, right? Or and I don't, I don't know, con- like the um, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe I should vanish away this phlegm in my throat. Um, but a wizard could do that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I never went to whatever the American school is. But anyway, does vanishing like disintegrate it? You know, <clears throat> where, oh, like, God. are you asking where does it get sent to? Like, well, is there, yeah, like, that's what I'm it's saying. Go- it goes to the poop dimension. Yeah, it's like because it's like what's the difference between that and like 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 blasting it? You know, <laughs> like like I mean, or, or... They, maybe they could. I, it could just be like they teleport it to just like a hole in the ground. Like, there's just, like, a big hole, like, buried so, deep under okay, Hogwarts. So, so they, they would have to come up with septic tanks. Like, yeah, they I mean, would it's, have se- to have... it's magical septic tanks. Yeah. Well, as, as we've said before, and I think we said this in our, in our episode on um, Fantastic Beasts, it's like, at what point does magical technology diverge from regular technology? Because in Fantastic Beasts, everything looks pretty similar to each other. Mm-hmm. But then at some point like the wizards start to just become weird and wacky and then yeah. uh and then they don't know what like rubber ducks are and i'm like i you know i you don't i don't understand how a magician can't look at a rubber duck and not get it I, this maybe, is my biggest problem with the harry potter universe yeah well, maybe, and jk rowling actually this is i think the biggest issue with her is that she wrote ron weasley's dad to not understand what ducks are i haven't heard anything that she's done lately so i think that's the worst thing that she's done i mean what about the cursed child Oh, do you mean Adolf Hitler? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm reading a book about him, actually. Yeah. Um, but welcome, guys. Welcome. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to say uh, cold open over like I normally do. Yeah, that's how that's the little button on our Harry Potter sketch was Adolf Hitler. Just how 
<laughs> that's when Ed, when Eddie sketched. You, this is a little is. improv tip for everybody. Uh, if you mm-hmm. don't know where a sketch is going, you could just say that, and the audience will laugh. And I'm assuming you're laughing right now, Kyoshi. Yeah. I'm looking at you because <laughs> we we know you love this. Uh-huh. Um, but welcome to Stone Direction, a menswear podcast. Without believe the it or not. Yeah, Ripley. We are a menswear con- uh, content. <laughs> <laughs> we are a menswear content. We're a menswear podcast. We are a menswear content. I don't know who that character is. Wait, how about this? Yeah. Menswear continent. We got to start fundraising for this. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Like a Pangea of menswear? No, we're going to like buy a con- like the cheapest continent, probably like Australia or Antarctica. Um, and then we're just going to like... Ha- like uh, all the menswear guys can move there. It'll, it'll be, be like one, a utopia. It'll be yeah. It'll be that one the the rooms you were talking about, right? It'll be one big room, constant be, sized room. Well, I mean, the thing is, there is only going to be one room. Mm, what's the name of it? The menswear room. Okay. And so you just you're like live in there all the time, and it's just like it's essentially. Uh, a continent but everyone well, has to stay in like a big open air like warehouse or airplane hangar perhaps if we get enough people okay and then they just stay there forever and then you're you can you can change clothes of well course, technically but... what about this if there was a door to the entrance wouldn't that make the whole continent a room i think like, we're on to something yeah like jurassic park has that big gate and you just enter the one room of jurassic park so it should be called jurassic room well, after yeah, so the first one is Jurassic Park. The second, the second trilogy is Jurassic World. The third yeah. trilogy is Jurassic Room. It's Jurassic. Room. Actually, that's scarier. Imagining being. And do you know the fourth trilogy? What? Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Jurassic Hitler. <laughs> Jurassic Hitler. This is the most Hitler jokes we've ever had. I. It's such a hacky thing. I'm. I'm genuinely embarrassed by it. Everybody. So. Uh. But that's okay. <laughs> If that makes you brick fits sometimes, and you brick and you brick jokes. Oh, what about houses? I break houses. I hear you paint houses. I, if you bleed, do you? Oh, you will. We just <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're just doing more call and response. Let's get into the topic. Okay, call and response. Well, hey, talk about call and response. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm Ethan. I'm Wong. I think I'm Spencer Adi. Yeah. And uh, today we are talking about kind of, you talking. know, I don't, I don't, yeah, we're talking about something. Wait, did you say something? Uh, no, I said talking. We're talking about talking. Oh, we're t- yeah, yeah. See, we're talking about talking. We've actually had a stream about this before, which was kind of like I, our friend Chuck wrote an essay or, or like a little post in MFA about like how people should talk about menswear um, or clothing about like, you know, maybe don't use the word homeless or whatever. Um, you know, don't say, oh, this is high quality when you but that word kind of means nothing nowadays. Um, and so this is kind of inspired by that. It's kind of inspired by the essay I wrote about who I write the blog for. And this is also just something that I think Spencer and I should just talk about because we talk about menswear a lot. And so we're going to talk yeah, about we, how we talk about it. And we do get questions about uh, a lot of the phrases and terms that we use because they yeah. <laughs> we tend to use them all. Uh, pretty vaguely and interchangeably uh (laughs) i think i mean like you know we've seen like Mm -hmm. like uh uh uh, berkeley breathes kind of pointed this out like with regards to your blog i guess um in his in his big response and i think that uh, on the podcast we're guilty of that as well but Mm -hmm. it's also hard because you know fashion is such a subjective uh and i i mean i've said this so many times like visual thing 
that it's yeah. really hard to like just talk about it. It's it's much easier. I, I'd like. I wish. Well, podcasts were advanced enough where I could say, "Here, let me show you," and then you see something in your brain. Are you, okay. I was gonna say, if you said eyes, I feel like you're describing a video. Well, no. Yeah. See, you. You. I. We could do video content right now, but I really just want brain beaming technology. So I need Mark Zuckerberg to well, finish up on this. Know, I need you know, Gabe Newell um, to work on this, so I can like beam a, a texture to your brain. Well, you know who did figure that out? Who? Uh, Colonel Irina Spalko, what a, a Lennon's okay uh, girl. So we yeah we just gotta we just gotta get the the crystal skulls, which we yeah. know where they are from the movie. They're underneath Imagine that pyramid. Us thinking your thoughts for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wonder if like spiel was yeah and then she got all the knowledge at the end and it seemed like it was like like pretty cool for her <laughs> yeah she was like whoa hopsack whoa and then yeah she was just seeing all the textures <laughs> at once and that's what caused her fucking head to explode in light or whatever her eyes like flame out like yeah, when our, when we run out of topics eventually we are gonna do our indiana jones miniseries <laughs> that's right i i would love it you, hey the thing is you guys are locked in you, you guys need to love <laughs> yeah you, you are by the way yeah you're locked in you are forced to continue listening to us that's uh, right so if you if you ever stop at any point i'm gonna call the cops <laughs> they're coming for you we're gonna swat you guys it's yeah. a joke if, if the swat people are listening um but yeah what spencer says is right i mean we're pretty vague we're pretty we use terms interchangeably because you know we spencer and i don't really have a career in menswear like we are not journalists uh you know spencer is studying journalism i am not a style writer i'm not in the same i mean yeah as... i'm not studying style journalism i should say i don't really like style yeah writing yeah, and so we, Spencer and I, you know, we we also, as I wrote in the essay about who I write the blog for, not like neither of us want to be like an authority or considered like a, a true style authority, like like Bruce Boyer, like we don't really have a plan to write a book, and so the way we talk is kind of like our how we feel about men's right just changes uh-huh. all the time. Well, you because know? I think I think the the thing is like with we we don't really want to be a menswear authority because we don't think everyone should. Uh, dress like us we understand that most people don't want to dress like us and frankly we don't i mean we don't want everyone to dress like I mean, us yeah look at the discord i said saturday like literally outside of maybe Nguyen and uh and john no one really wears a tie and it's fine you know like it's not it's not that big of a deal yeah it's um, like i always hard i always you know find it difficult when when friends ask me for like advice on purchasing because i will just always recommend like the weirdo like vintage thing like it's yeah just, exactly it's just what i like and i don't expect everyone else to be into the same thing so Absolutely, i don't I, yeah. that's why i don't like try, like prescribing exactly uh, uh, things necessarily and so over the years like you know and again we've we've always had this like even like when people ask us about like vintage back in the day now people ask us for contemporary stuff we've been pretty like kind of loosey-goosey with the words we used to talk about or the phrases that we used to talk about menswear and it's also because like our styles have changed so much like not just like in the past like five years or the three years that we've done the podcast but like <laughs> like even in the past year our style has changed mm-hmm. a little bit you know and so we never really feel comfortable using hard terms or whatever. Like we are not like Bruce Boyer in that, you know, and maybe in the future we'll be a lot more um, specific with our with our speech. Um, but I know that for me, as Spencer said, some of the biggest critiques I've ever gotten from people, doesn't matter if it's my family, doesn't matter if it's like another style guy, it's always that I am very vague. And I always say, 
that's kind of the point because it's like it's hard to talk about this kind of stuff you know if i say menswear that could mean something to so many different people when i say menswear it means something to me even like you know kind of just depends on the context right like and so i mean it's like you know it's it's it gets back to for for us like fashion menswear it's like a very like emotional like feeling thing yeah where it's not it's not as intellectual where it's like i mean we like i guess categorizing things but you know it's we don't have we don't have like a a dictionary that we that we keep like you know that we reference that's Uh, actually kind of funny uh i just want to say a little quick anecdote on that um i remember uh three bloggers um they're pretty i'm not gonna say their names but they have said like i think either on their youtube it's, it's like a public thing but like they said on their youtube or like when they had like a little ama thing about like oh what piece of content gets the most views three people said oh it's always my my glossary um like posts like oh three roll two means this or you know or or bespoke means uh you know it's 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 a individual pattern cut for somebody different than made to measure you know like all these like menswear terms you should know menswear glossary you know mm-hmm. blah blah blah. those are often like the biggest like i think the content. closest the closest thing that i mean that like when we when we worked yeah, on the chef. like the big guide to the vintage menswear oh, i yeah, guess that, that might like be the closest thing but yeah. that, that's might be the closest thing but even still i feel like the point of that was still like no see it like there's cool stuff <laughs> like we just <laughs> yeah. we just wanted and, to, like, and then esquire and the niche vintage yeah. too is kind of like it's all in there and especially like you know this is like the burden of knowledge that we've kind of talked about. We're like, once you know a lot about menswear, everything kind of just funnels together, you know, like we can't say like, like when we say flares, you know, like obviously most, most people will think of like the seventies, but then for us, it's like, Oh, well, I mean, they're were collegiate flared pants, mm-hmm. you know, like, or like you that? know, Hey, like the, the bell bottom trousers, like from like, you know, world war two that the Navy would wear stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's kind of tough. And that, that's why we use a lot of like, you know, similar language or we use other qualifiers to like differentiate those things. So it's never as, you know, as hard line as you want it to be. And, and speak of emotional dressing i mean i've always written like this you know I, I think i've always said that i write the same way that i talk and so when i ramble i ramble when i don't have a point i don't have a point and so it kind of yeah it kind of just translates all over um and i know a lot of people feel like menswear should have like hard answers just like how people just want to know what the right thing to wear is and we don't have that answer like we yeah. It is kind of like by design, we do not want you to get to that stage because clothing, as Spencer said, it's very emotional. It's like, it's like, what do you feel like wearing? Like nothing. What me I, am I going to be today? <laughs> yeah. I got a closet full of me's. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like how we talked about in the post uh, pandemic menswear thing where uh, nowadays everything looks the same. We're going to be talking about that in a future episode. Um, and the context is kind of like nothing really matters anymore. Right. Like. Like, going to the bar, going to work is kind of like you can wear the same thing to both now. And so it doesn't really feel right to prescribe a certain thing uh, or a certain yeah. phrase or mode of dress to something um, other than letting your emotions guide you. So, like, that's and kind of why, at, you know, as we as we've said before, the best first step for anyone getting into fashion is kind of it's like figuring out what it is or who it is you want to look like. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's what most of our advice tends to lead to rather than here is the perfect first suit to buy for like every beginner, whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 
it's 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 also like not that serious. Like it's just it's just really, clothes. Yeah, that's, at the end I of think the day. that's that's really that's really it. And all this stuff is silly. Yeah, and it, it, it's one of those things where we we take refuge in audacity and absurdity. Like it's silly, but we still care about it. Like we realize how silly that is, and mm. so we kind of lean into it. And you know, it's kind of like as Spencer said here, you know, or wrote down here. It's like it's it's like picking a movie that you like. You know, sometimes you sometimes you know the reasons why you like it, and sometimes you know. Like I mean, by that I mean critically, and sometimes you just you just like the movie because it makes you feel good, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the best film people can do both, and kind of figure out like why this silly movie yeah, exactly. uh, is their favorite, you know. And that's kind of how mentor works. And and when you're talking about like stuff like that, even even and even the way Spencer and I talk about movies, as you've heard at least like four or five times. We also don't talk about movies in a very like hardline critical way either. You know, we we disagree on movies all the time too, and we talk yeah. about things that are that you know at the end of the day. Because well, again, for like your... for again yeah. for me, the biggest thing with movies like that I like to talk about and that I I, I like I think is is lacking in mainstream Hollywood is again the just like the visuals and cinematography. Yeah. Um. So that's it's hard to talk about uh, uh, movies sometimes too. Yeah. See, it, it goes with all kinds of art. I mean, like. You even had that whole thing in the menswear, like the music and menswear essay that I wrote, where, like, there's it's one of the longest, my, my favorite essays I've ever written. But it's still hard to write about music, like to to write about why a certain sound is nice to hear. You know, like it's like how do you tell? How do you say like, oh, this like sustained diminished chord, blah blah blah, is like, oh, this is it, man. Like you can't, you can't really say it's like the best chord because there's plenty of other chords out there you know and and it also depends on the context around that particular chord right like just because you you can't just insert it anywhere and it'll be good and so menswear is kind of the same way where it it's not straightforward you know it, it doesn't always have to make sense we always play and subvert things you know and so when we talk about it we hope that people don't just listen to the words it's also about like the context, the visuals this is why I post a lot of pictures in with it. It's like it all kind of goes together. Like the blog or even the podcast doesn't really make sense on its own. Like you need to, like with Star Wars or Harry Potter, you kind of have to get the entire picture and then that starts to make more sense. Um, and if you do want something that, that you know makes sense from the get-go, you probably don't like the blog or podcast very much. <laughs> and why are you listening? You know... Um, and so, well, I, I thought we'd maybe talk about a little bit about some of the other kind of big words that we've used, um, and kind of maybe kind of explain to people what we mean when we say them. I feel like that might be a good way of, of, of approaching this, this podcast episode, um, because we are a little bit vague. And if, you know, at this point, if you're still confused about what we consider things and what we consider to be good or bad, or what is tailored or what is hashtag menswear, maybe this will help you. This is consider this our glossary episode or half a glossary episode. Um, so the first thing I wrote down here is what we call good or bad. And this could be a topic in itself because this is super subjective. Yeah. I mean, so I think I I can I can go you know kind of start off kind of quickly. So I think I tend to only describe something as bad when I think it's just like I don't know. Like in general, if someone has like a look that they're going for, um, I I'm okay with it. But sometimes if there is a certain piece that just doesn't fit, does is like incongruous with the rest of the outfit, uh, or they're you know. 
it's it's always it's always if if it's a whiff that I will call it bad. Never it's like oh this is you know like clearly like a very like intentional choice that they were going for. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of the stuff is kind of based on our POV, like we said earlier, right? Like mm. it's kind of, and we also we love to know what your POV is, so we judge it based on that because it's like exactly oh, like you, for for example, yeah. like I don't you know I don't really like the like slim like mod you know look on myself but like i see people like you know like axel or whatever uh wear it and i'm like yeah that looks really good um again i would never i would try on a pair of slim pants and like no i'm not gonna wear these but i can see it on another person and because i can tell that they have the kind of like knowledge and have put in the work and put in like the research to figure out what it is like you know how to get the look right yeah then I can appreciate it no matter what it is. But again, sometimes there are people, I don't know, sometimes I just see things and it's it seems like a mistake. It's, I'm trying to think of specific examples, but again, I'm being so damn I mean, vague. We're going to have to have a fucking episode to explain this episode. Yeah, it's fine. We're going to have one on, on what's good or bad later on. I mean, or maybe, I don't know, in the future, something like that. But it's like, you know, hopefully as we go through these, maybe it teaches you how to think about menswear and how you talk about it as well. Because I think a lot of people who are beginners have very hard line definite, or they look for those things, as I said earlier. And what we find out, as Spencer literally just found out now, is that you can't. Sometimes you just can't do it you know mm-hmm. um and at the end of the day it's just kind of based on what you like and i don't think you always have to say this is my opinion because i feel like people should know that when you say it but like yeah for me good bad is heavily based on my pov it, and it's what i consider to be good now i like a lot of things and i have um i'm one of those kind of guys especially the same way where we kind of judge everything based on references we can see how everything is interrelated you know like we see like a wrangler rancher pant and we're like oh that's clearly like a sick like a late 60s chino with like a subtle flare like the 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 denim pocket like you know the five pocket mm-hmm. Uh, style like a jean pocket style and everything like that so like it's for us it's like oh we we can't say it's bad because it looks 60s it just looks 60s you know and i think maybe before we would say it's bad but now that we like the 60s we're like that's good you know well again i think it's also just coming down to like like you should have an open mind about fashion even if you're into like super trad super classic stuff I think it's, like, super lame if you can't also appreciate, you know, some, like, cool, like, out there, you know, like, well-designed tech wear or street wear. Yeah. Um, again, it's nothing that I would wear, but I can look at it and appreciate, like, the construction and the designs and everything that, and the, like, singular, like, vision that went into it, but it's not something I would want in my closet. Yeah. You know, usually, and I think, uh, I think for us, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but the further it is for menswear, the better we can appreciate it because sometimes, like, for a, here's a good example of something I think is bad, is, like, the J. Crew Ludlow suit, I think, is yeah, bad. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, okay, th- so. I think this is, yeah, this is a good, this is a good thing. <laughs> because it's, like, 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 so for us, again, obviously, just because it's tailoring and menswear, and we'll get into those words in a second, um, just because it's, you know, it's menswear doesn't mean that we automatically think it's good. And so with, with the Ludlow suit, uh, when you look at it, and I guess this will be like a picture in the show notes, yeah. but it's like it's such a low button stance. It's also very short, so it has a very top heavy appearance that doesn't broaden out like a typical 30s jacket because 30s jackets were cut shorter. It the some lapels make it just look awkward, you know. And I think I yeah, I think maybe the key is like the closer you are to like my wheelhouse, the more harshly I tend to judge it. <laughs> exactly. Like vint, like you know, like when we were in the vintage scene, like I would always 
like you know kind of be judgmental about the vintage outfits that i didn't deem cool i guess i shouldn't been like i was in like you know 17 and had like like four suits so i guess i should have been talking but like (laughs) even still now like i i you know i see like vintage workwear mill surf guys on the on my feed and i can i'm pretty judgmental like when it comes to when it comes to those looks yeah i I get i try not to be like i'm never like an asshole or whatever but if i see like an instagram like workwear influencer guy who's wearing like a bunch of like pristine raw denim even if it's from brands that i like i can still think it looks lame right see i feel like i think when we say good bad or lame or whatever like that just means that we just we just don't like it and mm-hmm. i think people searching for a reason you know if, if we if we want to look at these terms and see what we can kind of pass on to other people it's that you know you can't find a defining thing. I mean, it helps if you know why you don't like it, but like not everything can be correctable. Sometimes you just have to avoid it. Like you can't, like for us, you can't make, <laughs> this sounds so bad, but you can't make a Ludlow suit look good. Like you just, like the be- the, the obvious choice and something I have, you know, as, as I've discussed before is you just avoid it. Like, you know, the situation like, oh, I'm going to go to a party, but I only have suits and there's, it's a pool party. Don't go to that party, bro. There'll be other yeah. parties. Like, like you can just avoid it, you know? And so good, bad stuff. It's super subjective. You know, it's heavily based on our POV. Uh, don't don't feel sad if I call an outfit bad and then all of a sudden you're like that was a picture of me or something like that. Like don't take it personally. My opinion also like doesn't matter. And also with all of these things, just because we define it this way doesn't mean it's the correct way to define it either. Like we're we're probably wrong. I think <laughs> on some of this stuff too. I mean, know? a lot of people listening probably think that bad means good and good means bad because of the wacky mainstream media. That's right. Opposite. Yeah. Opposite day. Um. So the next term we have is uh, what we consider, well, it, it's menswear. And I think as you heard from our Esquire episode and our niche vintage episode, this means like everything. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because it's like, it's even if we, if, even if you narrow it down to classic menswear, for, like, you know, first of all, you have to define classic and say, okay, classic means anything that men wore for more than... 60 years or 50 years or something yeah that's still like fucking a lot of shit you know because it's like because i I think a lot of people try and use classic menswear to mean like i want to wear a suit but they don't want to say i want to wear a suit you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of other people do that too and i think you're surprised when we call so much stuff like classic menswear like to me it involves tailoring it involves americana it involves workwear maybe not milsurp because milsurp is like military but so it's not by that i mean it's not civilian like that could maybe be a a big part of it i mean yeah like you mentioned the the esquire um man episode which came out a number of weeks ago whatever yeah uh, this releases but um yeah you scroll you, you scroll through them you flip through the pages of apparel arts or whatever yeah. And you'll you'll see guys in like hunting jackets hanging out with guys in suits or guys in like leather jackets, you know, yeah. uh, uh, all this stuff. And it's, you know, I, I think I think the simplest way is like if if a man could conceivably have this in his wardrobe, <laughs> you know, like 50, 60 years ago, uh, right. it could count as like classic menswear. Yeah. And the thing is, remember, like jeans, slim jeans, boots, danner boots, like down parkas like corduroy pants five pocket pants ski jackets like uh fucking like integral collar (laughs) knitwear you know all this stuff is menswear 
you know like that's why we we use it so broadly because you know maybe the only updates that these things have had is like you know small details like the silhouette or maybe like how they're worn but almost everything that we consider to be menswear has like that kind of tailored classic root um i think the things that don't count as menswear are like like literal athletic clothes maybe like for menswear we, we think well, of so maybe uh, like I, I i feel like purpose designed well that's like too uh a vague term but yeah like athletic clothes military surplus stuff that has yeah like a very i mean <laughs> I'm not saying that all athletes are troops, but it's like very <laughs> non-civilian. Do I support the athletes? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's just, yeah. This is why they're not standing for the flag, because oh. they're they're troops somehow. I don't know how that works, but that's how it works. But um, no, I I mean I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. No, I mean because it's you know it's uh, at least because well, I, I, I guess you could it, also right? say like athletic stuff is closer to a uniform than. You know, like that is coat. so apt. That is so good because workwear is not a uniform, but military surplus is. It is. That that is so good. We're figuring stuff out that weren't even on the notes that we had prepared for this. There you Come go. On. Um, one thing I do want to say too, uh, uh, in addition to purpose driven stuff, is that uh, menswear is also I use menswear also as a mode of dress, not just the pieces, but a mode of dress. So typically. It is the entire vibe is not purpose driven. So, for example, a hoodie technically to me is kind of menswear because there's precedent for it, you know, in Esquire and and all this old stuff. But if you're wearing it with like track pants, I wouldn't consider that look a menswear look. Things can start to get more menswear as a spectrum. Like, for example, like if the track pants were like vintage and then you wore it with like penny loafers and like, you know, like, like or a cool, I feel like, like a matching like track suit can be you can wear that pretty menswear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, especially if there's like wide ribbing or like collegiate stuff to it. Like, like oh, it gets more menswear. So menswear is not just like a genre of clothing, but a genre of, of how you wear it. Menswear is a state of mind. It, I mean, and that's where I like to live. Yeah. Hey, Jay-Z, um, I have a new song idea for you. <laughs> nine nine problems and men's ain't one <laughs> sure that's it that's it yeah um but yeah so like that's kind of like one big way of how we talk about menswear it's a very like you know like like to i don't know like a good example would be like if you wore like military fatigues and like a white t-shirt like yeah you could be milser but also that's also a menswear look and it's more menswear, like, if you did that look, but with penny loafers. Because that's not a military look. That's more of a menswear and look. And if you did that with boots, it would be more military. Exactly. So it's, you know, that hopefully this is this is showing you how we think about these things. And how we, you know, how, what we consider to be, like, a menswear look. And the spoiler alert is a lot of it is menswear looks. So, um, mm. so up And a next, lot of this, I mean, yeah. again, I, I may, maybe we'll get into this in a future episode. But as I was talking about on the Discord, a lot of this gets down to knowing the history of in, the individual pieces in your wardrobe. Which yes. I think is a very valuable thing to learn. If you can learn the context of where and when your like pieces might have been worn, I feel like that makes it much easier to plan future outfits, figure out how to wear it, how to pair subvert it, like or, that. Play, or, or, or play or yeah, against, exactly. right? Or play with, I should say. Um, yeah, because like I said, like when you look at the Esquire one, like so many things that are weird, like Tyrolean shoes and whatever, it's like, oh no, people wanted you to wear these in the 30s. Like, this is not a new thing. You know, mm -hmm. fucking wearing 
galoshes or like or like fisherman sandals with full cut trousers that has been around for a long time. It's still menswear, you know. Um, so that's kind of the thing. So the next the next term we have here is tailoring. Now this I think is what Berkeley Breeds brought up, which is a totally fair <laughs> thing yeah. because this is a loaded term. Tailoring for me typically means I guess I'm being broad here, something that has like drape and that so, also some, something that is like meant to be like tailored specifically for your body, so even with like an off the rack garment. Uh, yes. But you it's also, like it, you know, okay. Yeah, but I would say it's also has to approximate something that is uh, for a suit, something that is sartorial. So, like, I wouldn't say military chinos are tailoring, but um, like khaki trousers with side tabs are tailoring. They could both be made of cotton twill, but, you know, they could both have a Gurkha closure, but it's like, it's kind of like the how the garment was made. Uh, like you said, like it, it has to be involved. Like tailoring has to be a part of the process. Like it, there's, I guess maybe mass produced is not, not the right term here, but like, well, I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. I feel like it could be less, I don't know the production of the garment, but like rather uh, how it is just supposed to fit you. How is it supposed to like mold your body? I guess. Yeah. Uh, like I, the, the, purpose behind it because i mean yeah there's there's a difference between like uh, uh just a sport coat and like you know i mean yeah obviously there's a difference between a sport coat and just like an unstructured like three pocket chore coat there's just there's something different there right and and also tailoring you know the more the, the certain details it has just like with menswear or even how you wear it will put you on a spectrum of how tailored it is to how not it is. You know, like I think to me, again, military surplus is not tailoring, but a J Crew, not J Crew, uh, a Drake's Games Chino to me is more on the tailored aspect because of the hit. Like it's like Drake's is a tailoring brand. You can also call it a menswear brand, but like to me, it's more of a tailoring <laughs> brand, at least by the roots. So the things that they make are tailoring compared to like, you know, like, like their, ju- I mean, I don't know if I'd call their jungle jacket tailoring, but like a trouser, which is a little bit more nebulous and like what it could be used for is more on the spectrum. <laughs> it's more on yeah. the spectrum. How about, <laughs> it's on the spectrum. Um, if you're into menswear, you're on the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, so the are we... Spectrum. Are we counting? Are we counting safari jackets as tailoring? Ooh. Is that like the in between between like a military jacket and a sport coat? Well, I would say this: uh, if it was, you know, again, it, it depends on the hit, on the uh, the context. A a safari jacket by Spear and McKay or Ascot Chang, made from like a, you know, ta- like a quote tailored fa- uh, tailoring fabric, like Holland and Sherry, you know, wool or or um, I don't know, fucking. Doug Dale linen. I don't even know if Doug Dale makes linen. I'm, I'm sorry, British people. Um, but like, you know, like that stuff is more tailored than say like a literal like British surplus safari jacket, you know. But the funny thing is, is that tailors didn't make those back in the World War Two. So it's That's kind right. of like <laughs> I'm, I'm just full of shit at this point, you know. I mean, yeah, a lot of like military dress uniform. I mean, I guess dress uniforms you could probably consider tailoring, although we wouldn't, you know, like wear it. 
But like back in the day, and I'm sure still now, a lot of those were made by like civilian tailors overseas. That's right. I mean, and technically, tailor is someone who like makes clothes. So technically, everything is yep. tailoring. You know, so so I guess that's why we start to use more about how it looks, what it was used for. Is kind of like the differentiator uh, or the spectrum, I guess, of what it, what it is. Um, you know, it, it's not like obviously when we say oh get it tailored, we mean go to a tailor. Uh, and get it fitted or whatever. And also fit. That's also like a, a future episode. But like, you know, it does like having it be tailored doesn't mean that it should fit close to your body either. Like it should just fit exactly. You. It should fit you. Whatever that means for your POV, right? Like, you know. Yeah, because like, I mean, that's yeah. the that's the other thing is like people, you know, we, we, we always say, I mean, I don't know if we always say this, but the common uh, wisdom is that the most important thing in fashion, like, the first step you should take is, like, getting, quote-unquote, the right fit. But once again, I think that kind of oversimplifies the -hmm. process in figuring out for you what the right fit is. Because, uh, frankly, a lot of guys do not look really good in, like, super slim fit stuff. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, that's kind of, like, you know, not uh, really... It's, like, kind of, you know, going away, the super slim look. But um, for so long, I would work, you know, when I was working at Men's Warehouse or J. Crew, bigger guys would come in and they would want to get these like fucking like skinny pants with these jackets that they wanted to slim down. But like, like, frankly, you can't like, you know, hide if you're a bigger guy with a slim jacket. So what you would end up doing is you would have guys come in and say, I'm going to get the proper fit. And then they would look like a potato with two, two like toothpicks sticking out the bottom. Like, it just doesn't look good, even if that's what, like, you know, like, fucking, like, suitfashion.com said that's, you know, the right fit. (laughs) Can someone please buy that URL, please? (laughs) Suitfashion.com. Before we move on, I do want to say also, to add on to this, um, like, a tailoring is kind of, like, the reason I use this word vaguely is to, like, show that things that are tailored, like a sport coat, can be used in non-business contexts because usually i think when i say it it's like i always use it like oh to approximate tailoring or using the themes of tailoring uh, and you know most of the time when i again when i use that stuff i'm ta- i'm referring to something casual something rugged something a little bit incongruous and so uh, the purposes of me using it is like they should go okay well that's the history of this thing but let's take it out of that so like that's it's it's more about again the vibes and the history or in the root of a garment rather than like you know bespoke or like you know like a business attire or something like that yeah um because again like my tailoring i wear it not in the traditional tailoring sense like you know we use sport coats with jeans or we wear like wool trousers with a t-shirt or something like that so it's it's you know it's still again whatever we want it to be um speaking of whatever we want it to be Next term is vintage, and this is yep. this is a big one. I mean, yeah, I feel like this is like a complaint that, like, I mean, not pe- people have about us, but people have in general about uh, the right. terms like vintage and antique and all this stuff. They're all very vague. I guess it doesn't really come up for most like normal people, but if you are into clothing and vintage yeah. clothing, uh, it might be something worth talking talking about. I guess mm-hmm. it's like you know, I think for us, we always use the term like golden era vintage or true vintage to differentiate stuff made by like you know made like pre-1960s uh yeah. because 
I think our je- our our definition has probably shifted at this point to include yes, was, stuff from yeah, like the sixties and seventies. Well, but I was, originally, yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, it's funny enough as the blog and our styles change, our definitions of vintage have changed. Well, also, um, I just I think as like time goes on, because it is you know getting harder and harder to find older stuff. So, right. I mean, they're so not I making think, any new garments from the nineteen thirties. Yeah. I, that's why I said when I wrote these notes down, and you'll read these also maybe in the essay I write along with this. Like I think, at the end of the day, it is it's about vintages of what we, what is not currently made, and mm-hmm. and in terms of being original. So like we don't consider reproduction vintage, obviously, but we do consider like again, vin- like military chinos made in the fifties to be vintage because that particular thing is not being made anymore yeah Um, something could have a vintage aesthetic but that is not the same thing as it itself being vintage yes um i think that there should be some time in between uh it stops being in production like and also this this also depends on like a lot of vintage that we like or at least something we consider to be vintage were brandless and that's kind of more of like a 30s to 50s thing because that is the time before like big designers came out obviously you had like big haberdasheries like Sulka, mm-hmm. Oviat, Macintosh or whatever but um those don't exist anymore those don't really exist yeah it's, so- you don't really get the same kinds of people who like shop specifically for like you know, brands in the vintage scene as you do in like, you know, just streetwear or I think like eighties, nineties, like reselling market. Exactly. So for us, like the, the, like the, the garment should just be kind of more, not plain, but you know, like they're, they're agnostic because there wasn't a lot of differentiators. Like you, you could find like two suits from the thirties that are very similar, but made by completely different people as opposed to, you know, if it's a designer, there are things you are looking for specifically because that designer made them like that, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure that there were stuff in the, in the thirties, like, you know, specific tailors. Um, but like, you know, one good example of this is like, we don't call like a Drake's tie from 2015 vintage like that. Like that is like six years ago. Like, yeah. That's a long time ago, but it's not really vintage. Cause it's kind of like, it it feels weird to call a like a designer brand vintage unless it's been like a long time too. Yeah, like, I guess in that case, like, you could call it like out of production. But yeah, calling this previous like a vintage season. tie. Yeah. yeah, when it's like literally a couple years old, like doesn't seem doesn't seem right. And again, I think maybe our per, our perspectives are warped because like we have shit that's like a hundred years old in our closet. Yes, but yeah. it's you know it's still it just it's not right to call something that that new vintage. It's just yeah, not right. It just doesn't feel like you know again vintage has this kind of like anachronistic quality to the word. You know, it is out of time. It is odd. It is different. You know. It doesn't really work for something that 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 can still fit in. Now we do say something for like vintage Ralph Lauren because the aesthetic of Ralph Lauren has changed so much since mm-hmm. it since like the seventies, eighties, or even the nineties. So like same thing with Levi's. Vintage Levi's are also different than modern Levi's. And when we say modern Levi's, obviously there are LVCs that are supposed to be made just like they were back then. But we're talking about like the mainstream thing, right? Because like again, like reproduction is like Macy's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the Levi's stay pressed. They don't make anymore. And that was something that was so common back then that now is hard to find and doesn't exist outside of a reproduction. So, like, yeah, like, we can say vintage Ralph Lauren for, like, 70s Ralph Lauren. But, like, a, I guess you could say vintage purple label. But, like, if you say, like, oh, purple label 2005, 
kind of tough, you know. Um, I guess sneakers are kind of the same way because sneakers change so much too. Where like I think if there's, a, at at the very least, if there's not enough. Well, I would say I was gonna say if there's not enough time, maybe that we get a pass from this, but I think the design has to be like radically different for yeah. it to be considered vintage. Like I think like vintage New Balance, maybe, but like vintage Nike is probably a good example of this, where like literally like the, the vintage kill shots are, they look different than the modern kill shot, you know, or even like you know, like like vintage Dunks have different material yeah. or whatever there, there has to be there has to be something like kind of different or unique or you know quote unquote special about it yeah um, due to do specifically like due to its age exactly it has to be you know, something that again you're not going to be able to find um right. currently yeah because it's like you know like i wouldn't say like a a vin like a like a, a western shirt made out of polyester is vintage unless it was made in the 70s but then i would say like you know like a rayon gabardine uh uh western shirt would be way more vintage yeah. you know um, um why don't so i i know that this is a little bit out of order for the outline but why don't we quickly do golden era because i feel sure. like it fits in a little yeah, yeah, bit yeah. just with what we were just talking about so we did mention golden era i think a little bit in our description but yeah uh that's like a vintage collector term um and usually uh vintage collectors use it to refer to the 1930s and 40s that's how we use it generally um i think i for me my personal golden era is still like late 20s early 30s um but yeah it's it's just what we use to refer to like 1930s vintage yeah it is i mean technically i think like uh, i think i use the same terms for um that our friend Florian uses for his fantastic Tumblr. You guys should follow Golden Arrow. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Suits.tumblr.com. I think he says like suiting from the 1920s to 1940s or something like that. Like that's pretty good. I think some people expand to like 1927 to 1945, where like technically it's like the end of World War II, right before the Bold Era kind of takes place. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Golden Era is what we use. We also use the word True Vintage for stuff for this too. Um, also, True Vintage. Uh, to go back to what I said previously, it's like that's what we kind of use for like the original thing of it. Like again, like a vintage stay pressed or like a LV, like a like a Levi's '60s cut jean. Like that could be true vintage compared to like say an LVC model from like five years ago. Like that's exactly. kind of vintage too, but it's not true. It's not the original garment itself, you know. And it's it's like again the di- like it's a it simply you could like say maybe a little bit simpler it's the difference between something vintage inspired and something that is again like real vintage exactly and and I think the thing to learn from this is uh, all of the, these the, the definition of vintage specifically for me and Spencer are based literally in how we collect and what uh-huh. we have done with vintage <laughs> and so one good thing to know is like you know the more you experience the more honed in you are and what you like can help you kind of figure out how to talk about menswear you know because it's not again it's not always as simple as just saying like well i like vintage because the the thing is for us right like we knew living in socal a lot of people are into vintage like there are skaters who wear vintage clothing there's so many different stuff there's people who like 60s 70s stuff people who wear 20 stuff people who wear like 1800 stuff even people even people within the main like or mainstream like the vintage scene that we were hanging out with almost everyone was doing like some variation of like you know, like thirties or forties, but still all of those guys still had like a different style or a different niche within that. Within like, the you know, niche. 30s yeah. Or forties style. 
Yeah. So again, it's like you know, it's like as mentioned at the top, where like the more you learn, the more you experience, it'll be easy. Like you might learn a lot of terms, and maybe things will also get nebulous for you. But at least you'll kind of know what you're talking about, and then you can just wear it, and people will go, "Oh yeah, that's it." Because if like if I told my friend Adam true vintage, and he goes, "I don't know what that means," but I go, "Okay, look at this like 1930s jacket." He goes, "Oh yeah, that that makes sense as a true vintage garment," you know, as opposed to saying, "Oh, I'm like a vintage. double RL like white," you know, like if if you have like a double rl white double breasted sport coat next to your like palm beach one yeah i feel like you know you people can, will like, see the difference exactly uh-huh. and so like yeah that's kind of like a big thing um you know kind of differentiate styles and so on that note let's talk a little bit about hashtag menswear yep. now this is i don't know if we'll have time to go to the other ones but i'm glad we got to here because this is kind of like the big one um this one literally means whatever we want it to mean because it, it it encompasses two I, things. This, I feel like hashtag menswear, just really quick, it's just like the chuggy for menswear. That's how we use it. It's yes. just like menswear chuggy. Right. And But the thing is, it goes, there's two, like, for, even for chuggy, like, there's like different forms of chuggy, you know? And I hate saying that entire sentence. I don't know that much. I've just read the New York Times. Thing. Well, no, okay. Know, well, well again, what I mean here is, studies. so when we say hashtag... Am I chuggy because of this? Yeah. You're chuggy. Um... I think the reason I, I mentioned how nebulous hashtag menswear is is because to me it means two things. Number one, it represents the blogger chic of 2009 and 2015. And that technically, because of the way the world works and social media, people have stayed in that. So whenever we see something like slim suits, the blogger blue navy suit, uh, tan shoes, happy socks, slim ties, slim lapels, lapel pins, blah, blah, blah. That to me is hashtag menswear. Okay, like that, that's like a huge, like, you know, explore page, whatever. But because we are also in menswear, it also means anything that is like, maybe not chuggy, but kind of like meme potential or very common. So like, hashtag menswear, yeah, like the MFA, like basic bastard, like recommendations, uh, I feel like could fit in there. Um, But although it's gonna be different than like some of like the peacocking, like hashtag menswear stuff exactly you know so like to me it's like oh yeah wear gray pants with a navy jacket like that's such a hashtag menswear look you know it's because it's 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 like capital i think capital or hashtag capital m menswear god i hate that it's like um you know to me i feel like that's like the blogger look but then hashtag menswear just means like whatever the catch-all menswear look is you know it's kind of like taking that idea of like menswear that we said earlier but kind of ascribing it to the literal community that is around it in the industry as well so like again like even if a thin belt is not hashtag menswear blogger blogger chic to us who see it happen literally with like everyone that we know is into it you know bryson's is doing it silver ostrich or uh, or whatever you know uh taz tazwell i don't know how to pronounce i'm sorry um i'm sorry jim parker for your brand uh but you know it's like you you see all this kind of stuff you know they're wearing thin belts so like it becomes like hashtag menswear it's like hashtag food i don't know it's it's like it's like whatever well, it's just it's boiling down menswear. yeah like boiling down whatever the like leading look or trends are and stuff like that so as i talked about i think on the stream last night um you, well you that last night see, well whenever last night for us last not last night for everybody else unless i talk about it the night before we release this episode um <laughs> But uh, I think, yeah, like you can, you could say the tonal look that a lot of brands are doing where they ah, take like a brown yes. suit with like a khaki shirt or whatever. 
that could be like hashtag menswear. Yes, yeah, it, it's not a blogger look, but again, like mm. I, like I said in the thing, yeah, Salmon Amel, Jay Muser, like you know all those Scandinavian brands, they are doing that look, so it becomes hashtag menswear. Like for a little while, like um, I mean, you could even say that uh, the throwing fits aesthetic is starting to become hashtag menswear because of how prominent the like eighties, nineties casual Seinfeld. Uh, uh, Sopranos like look is, is look, yeah. yeah ALD look is is becoming more ingrained into the again the the right the menswear tailored aesthetics of 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 this community and industry so it becomes hashtag menswear in that regard um, and so yeah it literally means whatever we want it to do like you know um, I don't I think I try and um, differentiate it by saying like oh that's ex- I think I now use explore page style now or mall brand style where it's hashtag menswear but a little bit on the lowbrow level you know yeah. like like tan shoes is hashtag menswear but on the low brand low end style and then i would say maybe like um like shell cordovan is hashtag menswear on the highbrow end of it you know where like that's a that's like shell cordovan is definitely a meme for the hashtag menswear community you know um like alan edmonds or whatever like all all this kind of stuff if it, if, it, if it's any form of like a meme or it's repeatable and defining of a very particular moment in this community and industry, it becomes hashtag menswear. So, so hashtag menswear can be good, can be bad. Just have to listen to the tone of I, our voice to figure yeah. it out. Well, I would say, I think they're all, maybe we sound, I, I mean, mean it's my like, head, it's, okay. thinking, I think in my head it's bad, but, and by bad again, <laughs> defining it, maybe, that. Okay. Maybe in that case, maybe just varying degrees of bad because yeah, there's the like, you know, like really slim postman blue suit with the happy socks and like tan loafers, which could be hashtag menswear versus as we said, something that's just kind of like a prevailing trend in the industry that's done by brands and people that we like, even though like a lot of people are doing it, it could still be like, well, what, what's funny is so something that's interesting is in the Simon Crompton essay, um, about fuddy versus flashy, a good a good essay people should check out. Um, but he talks about how menswear or classic menswear uh, falls into the middle, the mid ground, or maybe it leans even more on the fuddy side. And then there's a picture of uh, of Peter Zotolo, uh, Urban Composition, wearing white pants, like a linen jacket, and a severely unbuttoned spread collar shirt, and like. That and again, Peter is a cool guy, really great style, really great photographer, also. But that look to me is hashtag menswear, and even though it's good, I don't like that because of how it is a prevailing look. Like, I think for us, we use it to also, like, maybe as a word of caution if you don't want those connotations, you know. Where, like, I think for me, like, I wear a lot of okay, a good example, I wear brown trousers and navy jackets to avoid the hashtag menswear look of gray trousers and a navy jacket like that's a good example like like there's nothing wrong with it but it's just being conscious of an aesthetic or or connotations that maybe i mean obviously a lot of other people won't know but if uh, but within the in crowd of of again this industry and this uh community you can either again play into it or not play into it so that's kind of how hashtag menswear look uh hashtag menswear is applied and how we do it so maybe that is bad, or I guess varying degrees of bad. I don't know. It's varying degrees of bad. Um, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you maybe don't want to look like the menswear meme. So as much as we talk about, oh, cosplay Drake's, cosplay Bryceland's, maybe you should, like, you know, th- like throw Not- in an element of yourself in there or throw in something from another brand you like or, or whatever. Uh, it's just, yeah, just if you don't want to be hashtag menswear, find something 
uh, of your own that can make your look unique. I mean, good examples I think are, are Nguyen and uh, and Philip. You know, really, mm-hmm. I mean, we see them all in uh, in Saturday, Saturday and the blog and everything, and they they clearly. I mean, you can clearly see the inspiration, but there's always something there that makes it just a little bit different. You know, that's uh, that makes it a lot more interesting, a lot more personal. Um, even though in my head. I definitely cosplay a lot more, but maybe people don't see it because it's just a lot more nuanced. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's it's not as easy as, um, well, I mean, this applies to menswear too. Like sometimes certain items are more hashtag menswear than others. Just like with some things are more vintage and some things are more tailored, you know, like again, like, like a, um, a silver belly fedora, I think is starting to be a little bit more hashtag menswear, especially after the rake started selling it on their website. I'd just like to point out that I've had mine for like three years at this point. So. I've, ha- I've had mine for like six years. So Ooh. yeah, I, I remember I, it's one of the first things I ever bought from paper moon vintage. So, and yeah. uh, it's been with me ever since. Um, but it's stuff like that where like, you know, sometimes articles of your or pieces of your clothing could become hashtag menswear, you know, like, um, Gurkha, Gurkha's pan, uh, pants and shorts are hashtag menswear, you know, coming I mean, out safari of safari jackets, which we brought brought ear, brought up earlier. That's very hashtag menswear. You know, or uh, three roll, like... yeah, 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 three roll two sport coats, yeah. hashtag menswear. You know, and those like and those are things that are highbrow hashtag menswear. But like also like if I had like um like one good example of something that skirts both is um Drake's came out with like a pair of boot version. Um, a, like their own house style pair of boot of the um, of the penny loafer style, but it was like in a tan, and it's like yeah, mm. the pair of boot itself is not hashtag menswear lowbrow, but the color is, and so like even if it was different enough, like I I we, I talked with my good friend Rory about this, and Rory's a, like Rory likes tan penny loafers, and it's like I can't. I can't avoid the connotations of the hashtag menswear. Like, even if it's different, even though there's a chunk of it looks too much there. like a men's like a like a men's warehouse shopping like intern or just like like guy you know you see on the street with a lanyard outside like a big hospital or government office or something. Yeah, with the exactly. slim the slim pants and the and the brown or the tan shoes. Right. See, so it's you know it's one of those things where it doesn't really. It just. It's it's always on a spectrum. It's always on how you look at things and, and developing that eye. I I genuinely want to know why tan shoes became like the default cover color of men's dress shoes. I want to know how that I, happened. Well, I think it's because well, I don't, we, I don't know if we have time. We don't have time for this, but like it's like black shoes were so de facto, and so it's like it's kind of like why white pants have always been like the coolest pants to wear for menswear. It's like because they're just not dark. Like they're just not yeah. that you know, so. That's kind of it. Um, but there's a couple of other small stuff that we could maybe go for, like like high rise and like and also like like wide leg are kind of things that we yeah. throw out a lot. Mm. And those are things that are incredibly subjective to how you wear them and what your body type is like. Yeah, people people do sometimes message us like, oh, what rise do you wear? Or like, what's your leg opening? But it's like it like it's one of those again. It's it even kind of depends on like the garment, like what the weight of the fabric is, like how it's gonna like drape and hang on your body. Yeah, uh, all that stuff that could affect 
like the proportions how you want to get everything done. also like like the word like no break also means a variety of different things to people mm -hmm. like a lot of like like i would say my pants don't break as much as jason's pants don't break but his pants are more cropped while to him it probably doesn't seem like a crop maybe to him like a capri pants a crop you know so there's a lot of like nuance there like it's not always down to hard measurements the biggest thing i think i've talked about this either on the podcast or the stream is where i asked my friend raj who is five five and uh is like a hundred pounds he is a tiny man and very skinny i said hey raj i love how your pants look what is your leg opening and he goes oh yeah they're six and a half inches i go sick i'm gonna go to my tailor and get that and you can imagine me as a 160 pound five eight man uh wearing a trouser that has a six and a half inch leg opening that does not translate on him it was just so it it wasn't wide but it was like straight leg on me it was like leggings man like it was just you know and so when we say this stuff like wide leg or high rise we kind of just eyeball it i mean there are things that kind of help you out like a wide leg typically is over eight inches at the very least you know most jeans themselves are about seven to seven and a half so if it looks wider than a jean it's probably wide leg of course if you have bigger thighs like a wide leg from like Banana Republic or J Crew would probably look more like a straight leg, you know. Uh -huh. And I mean, I, there's a lot of different ways. Not to ex extend this topic too long, but there's a lot of different ways to do the wide leg, of course, because there's mm -hmm. a completely straight leg, which you know we've talked about. You have on like military chinos sometimes when it's just like a tube, or you can have like a, a you know bell bottom, leg. or you yeah, can have too. or yeah, or you can have like a tailored wide leg where there is some taper and some like you know change in like measurements but it's like it's subtle it's yeah. supposed to it's supposed it's supposed to mimic that like completely straight like tube shape but of course it's it's a lot it's all it has a little bit more complexity than that. yeah exactly i think at least with high rise you can look at the length of the fly and be like okay well that that looks long so i'm assuming that's high yeah. rise here's well here's the other thing i'll say there are some pants that are like high rise but they have a short fly that always just like looks weird even if it's high rise if the fly isn't right i'd say pass yeah it's uh it's just it doesn't look good i know I'm sure you guys, I think we talked about this in like the custom menswear essay and a podcast where like sometimes some makers just don't do it because they're not used to it. So sometimes you won't be able to avoid it. But if you can, like a longer fly is always better. Like a good example, I think, or like my um, or the example of the opposite of the bad one is like my mil uh, my wide leg, <laughs> my wide leg pleated um, chinos from Uniqlo that I raw hemmed. They are high waisted, but the fly is definitely not super long like compared to like my ralph lauren pants from the 80s or whatever so again those things are something you just have to kind of eyeball and kind of figure out just like with the rest of it what what is hashtag mm -hmm. mentality what is vintage um and then lastly i mean i thought maybe i could think of we could think about like what what do terms that you and i use that are specific to us other than slouchy because there is already a podcast of that topic where and in that one too we also have no idea what that means and we yeah. say it depends on the context and how you're wearing the stuff i don't know do we have anything else that's kind of off repeated spencer um the problem is like any of the terms that we use it's just like all noise to me <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> I, it doesn't even like and i mean it's like none of these things even register as like like our thing anymore just because it's you know uh it's just how we talk about clothes yeah i mean that's, that's kind of the big thing too like i think kind of subscribing and trying to figure out like 
oh, well, this is the right way to talk about it. Like, that's not really the point of this. The point was to hopefully kind of explain what our thought process is in how we talk about it. And sometimes, just like with, like, you know, with um, with music or whatever, there is a reoccurring idea that kind of ties everything together narratively. Like, I think clearly here, the idea isn't that Spencer and I are super ignorant, but it's that, that we literally take solace in the fact that we don't know and so we kind of use the same words to kind of describe what we like we kind of have a very emotional connection that we can latch on to that makes it feel familiar but that can still be applied to things that we haven't tried yet you know like yeah. like and i mean I again can, i think yeah well i think the biggest thing is this really this really comes down to like your specific pov and i guess maybe all the terms that are yeah. just for us we've already like made episodes about um, exactly but it's it's again you have to like remember that we are you know guys who came from like vintage collecting and so as we've as we've said in the pov episode or in the the vintage episode like we have a weird thing where everything is filtered like through the like entire history of 20th century menswear (laughs) yeah so we can't see it we can't see anything on our on its own it's just like the entire it's like the whole history it's a a cursed view you know yeah like i mean like yeah as we talked about like with niche vintage like you know people say oh yeah that's like this i'm like nah man i've seen that before i've seen a version of that in like old esquire magazines and everything um what what i think is interesting is that you know what really turned me on to this was and other than sexy ladies is um like, the fact that people... It took a while for me to register that I've used the word slouchy a lot. Like, I literally did not know until, like, the past year that people go, like, oh, yeah, as Ethan says, calls it such. I'm like, oh, I say that? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And, I mean, it's it's really cool that people can pick up on these things. And hopefully, again, like I said, like, can figure out, like, the mentality and the philosophy behind it. It's really just, as Spencer said, based on the POV... Um, and so de- developing that first is like the number one priority you should have. Um, I don't know how you get there, but it's it's definitely worth it because it, it can be tough to kind of enter in any hobby and not know how to talk about it. You know, it's you have to know a little bit about it, but then it's also good to develop your own. Yeah, your own language your own phrases the way you do it because um i think menswear is unique in the fact that as you wear it other people can see it it's not like you know collecting uh, you know star wars action figures where you know the outside world doesn't see it menswear is something that people can see people can learn people can ask you and developing again that vocabulary or just the method of speaking about it can help bring other people into it or or help people i think I think if you if you think more deeply about just how you talk about it, yeah, it'll, as you saw a couple times this episode, it'll help you like develop new ideas, mm-hmm. uh, or just it, it encourages you if you think about how you talk about it. I think it can help encourage you just to think deeper uh, about menswear, figure out why it is you like certain things, what it's what you're looking for in an yeah. outfit, and like into your silhouette and stuff like that. Exactly, I think you know that's kind of the whole theme of style and direction in a nutshell and, and a theme of my blog that I've been writing for like almost six years or I guess six years now, I guess 2015. Um, but six years. yeah, uh, it, that's kind of like what I've hope people have gotten. And I think as I wrote about in the essay, like who the blog is for, I think the people that do want or that, that kind of lash onto thinking things uh, introspectively are the, the prime candidates for who learns the most from this. And I think, I think also that many of you guys listening to this probably do have something you think about that stuff with, you know, like maybe you think about music the same way or like sports 
somehow or like uh or art or something or or movies i think is a good example mm-hmm. i mean that's kind of like the big that's the kind of like the thing that spence and i can relate it to the most just because you know we watch movies and we like to talk about them which unfortunately you guys only get to hear every once in a while it's because movies are a lot of work and we have to find a time to watch it and blah 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 but maybe hey maybe 2022 man we're gonna run out of men's topics eventually and this is gonna be a and fucking we'll, maybe, thing. maybe yeah we'll reach a point where it's like we don't need to have like thirty thousand images for this one movie <laughs> exactly i don't, I don't or have we to could just like talk it. about move we could just even like talk about movies not even about the clothes <laughs> like i could yeah. just like say things about yeah movies. again we, you're locked in we're gonna make you fall in love with us and then you're gonna be stick with us with any content that we do so. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. We invented it. Look it up. I'm Dr. Stockholm. I'm Dr. Stockholm. And I'm actually Dr. Syndrome. <laughs> Dr. Syndrome? Yeah, we, we got Dr. Stockholm and Dr. Syndrome together at last. Can someone please draw those characters? That's the fan art I want. Well, That's it's us. I, yeah, like, I know. I'm Dr. Syndrome. You're Dr. Uh, Stockholm. Stockholm. Yeah. I want like the, the villain like versions of us. Like the villain duo. Yeah, the the opposites, like like black lab coats. We got, and I want it to be like, you know, like the fifties doctors where they have like that like headband with the mirror on top. Like I want, <laughs> I want that. That's what I want. Peter, if you're li- whoever, okay, I swear, if you draw this, I will fe- I will feature this. Some I will post it on my main account. Okay, I'll I'll do it. This you have a promise here. Okay, like I'm not. Yeah, I'll post any. I, yeah. I'll post any fan art we get, unless we get. I, I guess I'll say a. a I mean, I'm not super worried about this at this point, uh, but if we start getting an unreasonable amount of fan art, I don't think I should be uh, uh, held to posting all of it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Once in a while, right? Once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so... Anyway, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I mean, I know... I don't know. None of you guys asked for it, but... um, too bad because you're like at least in. one person asked yeah. for hey what does this word mean <laughs> yeah or why do you guys say why do you guys what do you guys consider to be uh tailoring um yeah. but yeah i hope again i hope you guys enjoy it hope you guys learned something and that you can apply it and, and start using it you know on the daily because this is how we've been able to wear the clothes that we wear we wear it you know with context free from context we wear you know we wear 70s we, well, Spencer's outfit, the one I used a lot as an example where he's wearing, like, World War II dungarees, a 60s sack jacket, and, like, a bucket hat which help, with uh, checker boots. It's like, oh, it looks 70s, even though the pieces are not necessarily 70s. I mean, that's, you know? like, I, that's my favorite thing to do uh, is, like, approximate, like, 60s, 70s looks with older vintage. If you had to, like, that's, like, my, I guess my POV. And, and my POV, remember, is to use, like to look like an apparel arts illustration but with a with a mixture of uh of contemporary and vintage menswear and so you know again this is because we don't know what the fuck we're talking about it means we can wear whatever the fuck we want and say it works okay like that's that's the secret guys that's literally we're giving you the secret sauce to dressing like spencer ethan and this is why there is no sad core where there because there is not a coherent look so far yeah but it's just a way of thinking exactly it makes us better than throwing fits actually <laughs> so take that lawrence no no uh, disrespect no. To throwing fits. <laughs> jk please uh please have that beer with me when i go visit you in new york um, yeah it's a, it's a good podcast i've been listening to them i mean i've yeah, listened me to them for a while but i've ran out of <laughs> not to say that i've listened to them because i've ran out of other things <laughs> But um, I've been I've been going into work more frequently, so yeah. I've been I've been listening to them a lot of my commute, and I've been working out uh, clearly. Um, and so, 
uh, wearing um, wearing them, um, listening to them while I work out is pretty cool because it's like another excuse since I don't drive as much. Um, but yeah, anyway, hope you guys liked it. If you guys want to join the conversation and maybe inspire a couple of uh, future podcast episodes, why don't you go to patreon.com slash down direction and $5 a month gets you access to our exclusive Discord. The, That's uh, right. The best Discord in the world. Better than best, SoCal Asian best, Interactive. <laughs> best menswear community in the whole world. That's right. Best it's best awesome. community in the whole world. It's going to be the fucking continent, dude. Come on. Yeah. One one door. It's good. One room. <laughs> one room, one door. <laughs> one menswear. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a really great place. We do our we do video games in there. We Lots of great shopping links. Probably... That's probably where you get the money back, I think, because you can do the shopping links in the marketplace. Uh, but also really great discussions, which inspire a lot of what we talk about in the podcast. Exactly. Um, an extra $5, so a total of 10 uh, doesn't get you anything extra other than me saying your name. So big thank you to Austin Millat, Shane Curry, Philip Regard, Audrey Jessica, Jeremy Ostriker, Jarrett Colian, and James Devonzo. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being a top-tier patrons. Hopefully that was worth the extra $5. And hopefully you think. <laughs> hope so. You, the audience, uh, think that's worth the extra $5. Um, we stream on Twitch every Wednesday and Sunday at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, video games on Wednesday. Menswear topics. Or random menswear topics on Sundays. Uh, get to hear MJ coming on mic other than the bonus episode, which is also a uh, feature of the Patreon. Um, we got a lot of uh, stuff happening this this. Um, yeah for the the next couple of months before we take our break in december and uh, i think this is i'm spreading this on spencer i think the new format is we do episodes for three months and take a break on the fourth month that way we still have july and december off so there you go i think that'll be the best way so we don't get stale too um and Mm -hmm. uh let's just do stuff like bread that's right so new era of style direction everybody again join in the stuff Uh, the patrons make this happen not not just with the topics but with the money to mj don't get on mic and everything um i'm ethan m wong i'm spencer dso follow us on instagram at style direction all spelled out Z head sunday submit your outfits we'll see you guys in two weeks in the next one bye-bye bye-bye